Welcome to Real Deep Stuff. We've saved your seat at the table for this conversation. We're so glad you're here. The information provided in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and is not intended to replace medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any medical concerns or questions, please consult a qualified healthcare professional. Hey everybody, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, so I wanted to do a special episode on something that's very near and dear to my heart (laughs) regarding mental health. And that would be blood sugar and how in the world does it intersect with mental health. So I've mentioned before in previous episodes that several years ago, I went through a really difficult season, super depressed, like bad depressed. And I was on two blood pressure medications and a diabetic medication for prediabetes. So full disclosure, my dad had type 2 diabetes in his later years before he died, and I know that I take a lot of his side of the family genes, and so I, I'm i very good about going and getting my checkups and exams and all that good stuff. I'm a big believer in preventative medicine. I I absolutely believe an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure for sure. So in my regular exams, I would always have my blood sugar checked and it was kind of starting to creep. It was like 5.7, which is the very bottom number for prediabetes. It was 5.8, and then it was 5.9. This is over a span of years on metformin. And then when it got to 6.0, my doctor was like, okay, we kind of need to turn this boat around. So let's, let's do something a little different. And that's when we started playing with um, different doses of metformin, that kind of thing. Well, I did not understand what was happening other than the genetic component because I am a very, very healthy eater. In 2004, I gave up every, everything with like bad sugar. And I'm not saying I don't ever eat that kind of stuff, but as part of a daily habit, (laughs) I would have like favorite candy stashes around the house that no one really knew about, you know, Swedish fish, that kind of thing. Not tons of it, but, you know, I knew where it was. (laughs) The kids and my husband didn't know where it was. And in 2004, I just had this reckoning. Um, I wanted to lose some weight, and that all had to go. And I started learning about fructose and sucrose and that kind of thing. So I really just did an entire overhaul on how I ate. Before that, yeah, I was pretty guilty of doing a lot of things wrong, you know, fast food, that kind of thing. But I mean, 2004 was a long time ago. So what is what in the world other than like age or something that's against me that in genetics? And I would tell my doctor year after year, I'm like, it's not what I eat. It's not what I eat. It's not what I eat. (laughs) And, you know, I log my food in my fitness pal and I get lots and lots of exercise. That's not a problem. (laughs) And I love my smartwatch and I 
I have my rings set probably a little overachievingly high and I close them every day, most days. And unless it's something like unusual, um, today I was baking in the kitchen for, I don't even know how many hours. So I didn't close it today, but I kind of, I kind of knew that was going to happen and that's okay, but that's okay. So anyway, fast forward, we start doing A1C checks every three months instead of just the yearly, you know, prick your finger or draw your blood and it shows what your, your immediate glucose level is. My doctor and I, we decided to do these A1C checks every three months because it, you know, it was just slowly creeping up and I really can't stress enough having a doctor that will team up with you and let you have a voice in your care because the way I see it is I love my team of doctors that I have for all the different body parts, but I need it to be a, a partnership because I'm the one that has to live in this body, not them. So I need to have a voice in this. And I absolutely love my primary doctor. He's just great. And he, he listens and he understands that I am going to have a say in my care. So we're doing these A1C checks every three months. And I have a friend who was able to get me a couple of free samples of the Freestyle Libre because they have a family member who is a pharmaceutical rep for it. So they had samples. I tried to do it online on the Freestyle website and I didn't qualify. <laughs> I'm like, okay, even though I'm on metformin for many years and I, um, I don't know, I thought I qualified, but anyway, so I had two samples, which each one is two weeks of sensors. So I had a month basically supply. And what it showed me was fascinating. And this is where the mental health component comes in. So the, the two parts that I learned, there were three things about this sensor. And I, the reason I'm taking time to share this and just kind of, you know, lay my life out there for the world to see is because I just hope that it doesn't have to take the kind of journey that I went on so many years to get to this point, I hope that maybe this episode can just be a fast pass for somebody. Everyone needs to talk to their doctor and get their own, you know, medical advice. This is just my story. So, um, I have these sensors and it showed me three things that changed my life. One is that my blood sugar crashes when I exercise and it crashes when I sleep. And I was looking up things like nocturnal hypoglycemia and that kind of stuff. And because my mom had low blood sugar, um, my sister. And so it's just, it's, I mean, it's not a big deal. Like so many people in the world, you know, get hangry and shaky and all that kind of stuff. It's, I mean, it's really something very common, but the A1C number was not good. So we had to address that. So... This is the part that intersects with mental health. My um, blood sugar will spike high under stress. And I would check it, you know, I'd kind of get OCD about some things. And so once I started wearing the sensor, 
I was checking it often, like, well, what does this food do, do to it? What does this food do to it? <laughs> you know, um, that kind of thing. Time of day, what I, when I eat, what I was, I was performing my own experiments on how my body was reacting to food. And what I was finding was other than pizza, my body just didn't respond to food with high blood sugar. I, I mean, data doesn't lie. So, um, it was crazy to me. I'm like, what in the world? So there have been some moments of stress in the last few months. And every time that would kind of get, uh, exaggerated in my life, my blood sugar would spike high. Just a couple of examples. I was having a conversation with somebody just standing in my kitchen. That's all I was doing. We weren't eating, nothing like that. There was zero food involved. Just standing in my kitchen. And listening to them talk and share their heart and the level that I was empathizing with them and hurting with them, all of a sudden my sensor goes off on my phone and I look down and sometimes it, it'll say like lost signal, you know, just drops between the sensor and the phone. It's not a big deal. You just have to scan it again and it picks it back up. So that's what I thought it was like, beep, 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 beep. You know, so I looked down thinking that's that. And it said critical. So I looked, I'm like, what? And I looked down, I'm like, critical high? What? Are you kidding me? And it was like 241 and rising. And I'm usually usually like 90 to 110, 115. And I was like, whoa. But because I knew that exercise crashes it, I was like, okay, I need to, I need to go move my body. <laughs> so fully dressed in a heeled sandal, I just jump on our 25 year old elliptical and I just start just pedaling as fast as I can or whatever you call it when you use the elliptical. And within like four minutes, it brought it down like a hundred points. So I thought, okay, I'm going to have to just remember this little trick. And another time recently, my husband and I were driving in the car and we were talking about something that was positive and good, but <laughs> I guess it's still stressful, even though it's positive. And next thing you know, again, we, we hadn't even had dinner. Like it, there was zero food involved in any of this. We, um, we were just talking and as soon as we got on this one topic that was a positive, good topic, there goes the sensor again. And I thought, oh, must be a drop signal. So I looked down and it was like 261 and rising. And I was like, dude, you need to pull over. I need to walk. And he's like, oh my gosh. He's, you know, he could see the entire thing where no food, no nothing. Just the, he goes at the mention of this topic, your blood sugar just shot through the roof. I'm like, I said, the scary thing is, is a lot of times when it does this, I don't feel it. I, I don't feel it. I mean, yes, I can sometimes feel anxiety and that kind of thing, but I'm not feeling a blood sugar spike. Like maybe somebody would feel a heart palpitation or something like that. There's, um, most often there's no physiological effect from it to me. So I, without the sensor, I, I wouldn't know. 
So I said, you just got to stop the car. I've got to get out. So he just literally pulled over and there happened to be like a residential pond area. We were out of town and we just start and I just start power walking, just walk as fast as I can. And again, within like 10 minutes, it dropped. Oh gosh, that time it was over a hundred points. So use the exercise, you know, for good to get it back down again. And I, I could keep, I could keep going on. I got a phone call recently, just the phone call. It wasn't even a problem. It was just between who it was and what it was about. I, by the time I got to dinner with my husband and some friends, my sensor went off (laughs) And it was 278 and rising because they have like an arrow beside the number to show whether it's going high, low, or staying the same. 278 and rising. And my my friend goes, it was the phone call, wasn't it? And I was like, yeah. I said, I got to I gotta walk. I said, I'll be back. So I just took off and my husband and I just started walking and trying to get it down. And so I looked online and... Sure enough, it's I, I said, could blood sugar be affected by stress? Because I just thought it was always directly related to food. And again, I'd been on metformin for years and years and years. And come to find out, I'm looking and I'm like, huh, the internet says that, yes, stress can affect your blood sugar. I No one ever told me that. No one ever told me that. And as much as I've dealt with anxiety and and that kind of thing in my life, this would have been helpful to know. (laughs) So um, in the meantime, it's crashing, crashing, crashing overnight. And when I exercise, and so my primary doctor said, I think I've kind of gone as far as I can go with this with you. I'd like to refer you to an endocrinologist to figure all this out. I said, okay, fine. So I had to wait two months for the appointment. In the meantime... Heads up, he did say to help get through the the crashes at night to have a high-protein snack before bed. And I hate eating before bed. I hate eating late at night. I'm just, ugh, it just sits like a rock in my gut. So I tried different things, and nothing was working. I tried, like, peanut butter and crackers, and um, in the middle of the night it would go off, and I would try blueberries or honey or boiled egg and I'm just getting sick to my stomach eating in the middle of the night but I was trying to get my sensor to stop going off I mean it would go off like seven times a night and each time it will keep going off until you rescan it so these are times that it's like major disrupted sleep like you're fully awake and you have to get up and go to the kitchen and like eat something so I started dreading going to bed. I just was like, man, this is this this is like having a baby days again where you're just up all hours of the night and you just want to sleep. So I found for me the perfect little cocktail, the nightcap would be I love Paleo Valley products. I get no sponsorship from them or anything like that, but I I just can't hide a good thing when I know it. I like to tell everybody I know, and I just love Paleo Valley. I think their products are wonderful. So I use, I do a scoop of their whey protein and a scoop of the golden milk, and I mix them together. And it's just this 
like warm, soothing little nightcap and it gives me the protein boost and it it 100% stopped my crashes overnight, which is awesome because it wasn't solid food sitting in my gut. I love it. I I will do this till I die. So I got that fixed. <laughs> and then I've learned with exercise with the crashing that don't eat before you do the exercise and that will help. And sure enough, it really does help. I mean, we're not even talking cardio. We're just talking like going out and picking up sticks in my yard. I mean, it, it was, I could go take a leisurely walk in the neighborhood and it would crash. It was just nuts. It happened to be on the beach one time and I couldn't find the car and I didn't have any food on me. And I'm like, well, that's great. What do I do? So I just kind of stood there and relaxed and watched the waves and just took some slow, deep breaths for a few minutes and, and it rebounded and it was okay. But back to... May being Mental Health Awareness Month and the whole stress component, the endocrinology appointment was super fascinating. She was able to sync up my sensor into their computers and she was scanning it really quick. And um, it's really amazing because she, after looking at all this data, she was like, so you're normal. <laughs> I kind of laughed. I said, you're the first doctor that's ever said I was normal. It's kind of funny, kind of a joke. But in our conversation, uh, she asked about, she's like, you're on metformin, right? And I said, yeah, I'm wondering about that. I said, I have been saying all along for years and years, since 2004, it's not what I eat. Yet, my blood sugar was still going in the wrong direction, and she completely agreed. And she's like, you're on metformin? I said, yeah. I said, I'm kind of wondering, did I ever need to be on this medicine? And she just shook her head no, and I said, that's, that's what I thought. So for several years, many years, I've been taking a drug I didn't need. What I needed was to get my stress response under control, and... This has been, I mean, a complete game changer. I am a bit of a data junkie. I process the world around me through information. So if somebody's trying to spare me because they don't want me to worry about something, well, my imagination is just going to go 100%. So you might as well just tell me the information because <laughs> then I can face it head on. It's just how I roll. So having all of this data and all the times in the beginning when, I, like I said, I was trying different foods, different times of day, blah, blah, blah. What I have found is that other than pizza, which because it's a complex carbohydrate, um, that, that makes it go pretty high. But um, that only thing that makes it spike out of range is stress. And I guess maybe I wanted to share this because A, these sensors are super hard to get. Um, covered by insurance. <laughs> uh, I, I, I went almost four months arguing with them and they kept denying it. And finally, um, because of the free samples I had, I was able for them to be able to cover it. And that's why I have them now because they said they want like, I don't know, three or four low numbers per month and I was having six seven a night so yeah kind of and you have to already be on something which I was on metformin so all that to say 
I feel like I really won a victory against Big Pharma, but after months of being told no, that I actually did finally get it legitimately covered. So I do have these sensors. And so now I have like the finger prick thing that they want me to compare with the sensor. But all that aside, this has really made me rethink my life because my mom's cancer, the doctors told us that stress was the cause of her cancer. And that was in 1987. So think about that, how much medicine has changed since then. And it's like somehow they're making it big news that stress is bad for the body. I'm like, this this was the 80s when they told me this. You can be building cancer cells in your body, they said, like 10 years before they become, you know, traceable. And I just think about her and that her life was cut so short at 44 years old. It's so young. It's weird. I get these things that I don't know that this is a real name. I call them stress fevers. When I get super upset about something, really upset, I spike a fever. And I remember one time I was 14 and we were uh, at this like big music festival. We went in a school bus and during the festival in Florida, big giant open space, there was a tornado warning. And I was a super fearful child for lots of reasons, but I was really upset and we all had to go get on the bus and I guess if the tornado was going to come, it was just going to take the whole bus, I guess. But I mean, I guess that's better than being out in the field. So we're on the bus and I just thought this is it. We're all going to die. And I could feel myself getting so hot and I knew where the first aid kit was and I took my temperature and it was 104 and there was, I wasn't sick at all, like at all. It's weird. I had another time where um, it was about 104 and a half after a really, really upsetting phone call. I actually called the nurse about that one and she couldn't explain it to me. So I would love to have known what my blood sugars were in those two particular cases. Thinking about stress and the havoc that it wreaks on our body. We all know, you know, it's bad for for health. Every everything, our gut is affected by stress. Everything's affected by stress. You know, we weren't built to hold stress in our bodies. We just weren't. I just didn't know that it could affect blood sugar. And here I was taking this medicine for years and years and thinking that, you know, I'm like look, doctor, I'm not lying to you. I would tell you if I ate junk, but I don't. I actually just ate really, really healthy. And it turns out the the secret villain was stress spiking my blood sugar. Those the examples I told you were just a few times that this has happened. And now I know that when I spike a stress response with my blood sugar, I know what I have to do. Well, I have to move my body <laughs> to get it down, but it's also a lot of mindset practice, perspective, you know, stop, breathe, that kind of thing, pray. Um, 
untangle that knot in my head about whatever's happening. It's it's just stress is very powerful because it literally can cause my pancreas to react, react with insulin. And that that is amazing to me that something I could be thinking that's not tangible could have a tangible effect on the body. It's crazy. Just like it can the heart, you know, with, with all the um, heart disease because it's stressed because of stress. <laughs> so I'm not saying if you're taking, you know, a medication, I'm not saying stop taking it. And that's not at all. For me, in my journey, it turns out I never needed it. And that makes me sad that I did that to my body, that I took this medication for so long. And I'm off of it now, which is awesome. That's great. And my blood sugar continues to be great. But I would have never known what steps I needed to take if I didn't take my health in my own hands, my physical health and my mental health. I'm never going to be one of those people that just walks into a doctor's office and says, sure, yep, whatever you say, mm mm-hmm, you know, or give me the magic pill to fix that, I got to go. That's never going to be me. I've lost family members because of medical mistakes, and I understand, you know, doctors and all of them, they're human too. They're, They're not perfect. I get that. Which is why we have to be our own health advocates. Because again, we're the ones living in our bodies. And I lost my granddad because for five years they said that this shadow on the x-ray on his lungs, the spot was just a shadow for five years. And on the fifth year, they were like, oh, well, actually, maybe it's not a shadow. And then they were like, yeah, it's cancer. And he died three months later. So he was robbed of that time that he had that he could have wrapped up his life, you know, done something he wanted to do or had a conversation with someone he wanted to or whatever. Get his, his affairs were always in order because he just was that way. <laughs> but it just, three months is so short to, to go from being independent to, to dying. And of course, with my mom's story as a whole Oh, makes me mad to this day. Um, her doctor told her because he was also the primary doctor to her mom, which was my grandmother and my great-grandmother, talked about on Mother's Day. She was 42, I think, and said this is again in the 80s when mammograms and stuff like that were just starting to be, you know, the idea was starting to be popular. And she asked him, she's like, well, now that I'm, you know, 40, shouldn't I have a mammogram? And he said, no, it's, I, I, you know, I treat your mom and your grandmother. It's not in your family history. Don't worry about it. You're fine. Don't, don't, you don't need to get one. Well, a few months later, she found it herself and she went back to him and it was too late. It had already metastasized into the lymph nodes, and the day that she had her surgery, um, they said there was a pretty large cancer cell on on the um, the uh, I think it's the aorta vein in, in the neck, and that if they had tried to remove it, that she probably would have bled out on the table right there. That's what they told me, and I was 16 years old. That that uh, 
and from my understanding, the doctor, her doctor that said that she didn't need one and now was uh, a huge contributing factor as to why we lost our mom so young, that he had a nervous breakdown and closed his practice and, and she's gone, you know? So I have learned the hard way. Uh, I actually had that with my mother-in-law as well. Um, she had had breast cancer and they did radiation. They did a lumpectomy and a radiation and Six years later, she's living in our town. She'd lived out of state before. And she's she's like, I have this spot on my breast. I don't know what it is. And I said, okay, well, let's get you into the radiologist and we'll do a mammogram. And so she, I was with her that day. I was her primary caregiver. And so we, we did that. And we sat there with the radiologist for gosh, almost an hour. And the, and I didn't know once I, once she showed me the spot, I was like, Whoa, I've never seen anything like that in my entire life that I didn't say that out loud, but I was freaking out. I was like, what is that? It looked like someone had taken a cigar and like burned her just a perfect, like burn, like a branding. And I just thought, I, I have no idea what this is. So I didn't know what to do. So I, I not only booked an appointment for her with the radiologist, but after that, literally back to back, I had one for the dermatologist because I just didn't know what, didn't know what to do. So the radiologist kept saying over and over and over, well, I don't know what it is. It's not cancer. I, I think it's probably a bruise. And I'm like, no, black flaking skin is not a bruise. You don't get, she says, have you run into any doorways or furniture? And I, I'm just like, are you kidding me? That's not a bruise. And she's like, well, whatever it is, you know, it's nothing to worry about. Well, we drove from that appointment straight, <laughs> like straight over to the dermatologist walk into that appointment and she walks in and she first words out of her mouth is she says, Oh, I don't like the look of that. And I thought, Oh no. So they did a biopsy came back that it was angiosarcoma, which is like 1%. I think of people that do radiation get angiosarcoma, which is cancer of the blood. And it is textbook to show up like six years ish right after, after radiation. And that's exactly what happened. And then very unfortunately, that was my mother-in-law's story. Six years after radiation, she gets angiosarcoma and she passed away, uh, less than a year later. And again, I, <laughs> I call, I actually called the radiologist and I, spoke to the supervisor of the, of the whole staff. And I said, I want you to know that had I not had a dermatology booked right after the radiology appointment, we, we would have just gone home being told not to worry about it. And it would have robbed us again of time to prepare that we were going to lose her. So I've had some pretty up close and personal experiences with losing people I love when things could have or should have gone differently. 
So if I have scared you into taking care of yourself, good. I have no regrets about that. If you need your checkups, go get them. (laughs) Whatever you need to do to take care of yourself, your, your health, do it. Because this world is a stressful place and we have things that are happening outside of our control that are just going to keep happening because the world is broken. And we have good things happen too, but I'm talking from the stress mental health aspect. That's not ever going to change. Stress is always going to be that unwelcome family member. It's always going to butt in and barge in and find a way to sit at the table. So we can't control what we can't control, but we can control how we respond to it. And I know that that's almost become a cliche, but it's really, really true. You may not be able to control what happens, but you you do control how you respond to it. And this glucose sensor has, it has not only informed and educated me, but it has enlightened me (laughs) to see how sensitive my body is to stress and that I need to be aware of that and I need to be actively making sure that I am staying as calm as possible because I refuse a to become diabetic I looked at the endocrinologist and I said well I'll tell you something I was like I know you don't know me because we're the first time I met you but but I will tell you what I what I'm never going to be I'm never going to be diabetic I will not I will not walk that journey my dad's story will not be my story and she said you know i I believe you. And I said, it's true. I'm, I have just resolved in my mind that is a hard red line, not going to happen. I will do whatever it takes to never be diabetic. I had a friend who's a nurse that one time said, just in passing, we were just talking about health and stuff. And this was years ago. And she said, well, one thing people really don't ever want to be is diabetic. And at the time, I, d- I didn't know it could make you go blind and all these terrible things. So absolutely not. That's not going to be my story. And that means I have, even though like my, my food is okay and my exercise is okay, where my area of homework is, is in stress response. And all these years, I just thought, wow. <laughs> Living through some of the stuff that I have, I cannot imagine what my glucose numbers would have been. I just can't. I told you about the stress fevers. And that's not even all the times that, okay, it wasn't spiking 104. But, you know, I did have the heart palpitations and the shakiness and feeling faint and the mental fog and all those things that come with anxiety and depression and all of that. I mean, I've had it in spades and can't take anything, can't take any type of a medication to help with any of that cuz uh it it doesn't it doesn't sit well with my body. I'll put it I'll leave it with that. The doctor's like, "Nope, not you. Two trips to the emergency room with side effects from that kind of stuff." So, can't do any of that. 
So I just kind of felt like, well, what what's a way to help control it? I've never had alcohol in my life. And so I thought, well, maybe I'll try red wine or something. And so I tried that because I just detest the smell and taste of beer. And wine, I think I'm allergic to it, I guess. I don't know. It makes me sweat really bad and it just I don't, it just doesn't doesn't agree with me. So I thought, okay, can't do that. I'm like, well, what's what's left, you know, and, and I have discovered that taking time to slow the roll, not rush through the day, and take those moments when I need to, if I need to go take that walk, I'm just going to have to go do it, and working on my mental health, and particularly where stress is concerned, has been such a huge benefit. Not only am I clearly able to see now when it's happening with because I'm not always going to wear this sensor I don't know how long I'll wear it I guess until you know I get into a pretty stable place where I'm not having the crashes and I'm not spiking but for now I'm wearing it and it's just been such an eye-opener to to see yet another layer of damage that stress does on the body. If your lifestyle is one where you're stressed out all the time, I really, really encourage you to make the changes that you need to make to get that under control. It literally cost my mom her life being stressed out. And she's not the only one. And for me, I was on a fast track to becoming diabetic because of it. What? I had no idea. I thought it was all food. I thought giving up juice and soft drinks and candy and all fast food and all that stuff. <laughs> I thought that would do it. I don't do caffeine. You know, I drink water. I like sparkling water. I like Hint. Um, Zevia is a treat. But that, that's it. This is, I guess I'm pretty boring in that area. But um, I have noticed a huge difference having to be more mindful of, of stress. And it's interesting. It's like, you know, you, the um, conscience, you know, when you feel like the little good angel and bad angel on your shoulders or Jiminy Cricket, whatever you want to say, is like that little conscience. Um, I feel like that's what this glucose sensor is. It's like going, uh, 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 nope, we're not going there. I'm going to, I'm going to ding you if you, if you let yourself get too worked up about this. And it's fascinating to me that I can literally just be sitting still and it just shoot up like a rocket, like hockey stick, shoot straight up. And that I have to go do something about it because that's not healthy. So taking, I do walk after dinner because, um, oh, I do acupuncture. And the acupuncturist was really stressing that about making sure you know, you walk after dinner. It's great for digestion. And, and it's, and that just, whatever I had for dinner, I mean, cause it, it'll go up, but it doesn't go out of range with food. That's my point. And it'll just go right back down to my nice low number that I stay at 
with that walk. So really recommend people getting out, walking, get that fresh air, get that sunshine with sunscreen, <laughs> and talk to your doctor about vitamin D, vitamin Bs. Those are great mood lifters. You know, talk to them first about that. Take care of yourself. Laugh every day. I allow myself a few minutes every day just to kind of sit down and watch dog videos. I really, really miss. I, I did an episode a couple weeks ago missing our little dog that we had for 16 years. And April was a year of her passing anniversary. And it's been really tough really tough. I really miss the silliness that having an animal in the house brings. They just bring a special life and joy. And I miss that a lot. I let myself watch dog vid videos. <laughs> and I just do. And it just is a mood booster. And staying away from screens, meaning social media, movies, TV, news, whatever, that brings you down. I, there's enough stuff in, in our own personal lives to bring us down. We, we don't really need the help of anything coming through a screen to do that too. So, you know, just pass on the negative stuff and exercise for sure. It's huge, huge, huge. It doesn't help just stress and blood sugar. It helps everything, heart, lungs, everything. Mindset. <laughs> and yeah, do the work. If you need to go see counselor, see counselor. Whatever you need to do to take care of yourself, because you matter, there's a plan and a purpose for your life. And I wanted to share today that of all the things that I thought was spiking my stress, my, I'm sorry, my blood sugar, I never thought that stress would, could do that. I just thought it was a physical reaction to a physical cause. And it just blows my mind that our, our minds are so powerful that they can literally make our bodies malfunction like that. So take care of yourself. It is Mental Health Awareness Month. If you, if you feel like you need to talk to somebody, this is the month to pick up the phone. There's so many different ways to do therapy and counseling now. There's so many ways. There's really no excuse anymore. If you need it, just, just get it. Make sure they're reputable, trustworthy, and get a strong support system around you. It doesn't have to be 20 people, just a couple people that you could call any time of day and they could call you any time of day. People that, you know, you've got each other's back, that you love each other, it can be blood related or not, but do these steps and even just Google how to reduce stress. <laughs> there's, there's a plethora of information out there and avoid foods that jack you up, you know, caffeine is being one of them and eat more foods that are more calming. And, and that even includes anti-inflammatory foods. That's going to make your body just function better and cleaner. So anyway, that's what I wanted to tell you today was if you are struggling with either blood sugar or stress, it might be worth a conversation between you and your doctor to see if the two are connected. If I could, if my story could just help one person, then 
it's worth sharing it. Because I had no idea. Without wearing the sensor, I would have never known. And now I know. And now I, I feel better about myself that, that I do make good food choices and exercise choices and drinks choices. But I got to work. I got homework. I got to work on the stress part like everybody else. And um, for me, it's a pretty big deal because evidently I had to be on medicine for years and years and years for blood sugar and didn't need to be. Instead, I needed to have been working on my mental health. So there you go. We'll see you next time. And thanks for listening. And please take care of yourself because you're worth it. You matter. And you deserve to be in the healthiest spot that you can be in mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. God created you. He, he loves you. He hasn't left you. So let's make the most of the life that we're given. Bye for now. Thanks again for listening to Real Deep Stuff. Follow us and subscribe to save your seat at the table for the next conversation. Also, check out our Facebook page to continue the conversation on today's topic. We'll see you there.